Good morning and welcome to the Video Game Open Coffee Club Recap, a podcast where we go over the discussions that we had at the various different coffee clubs around the city, as well as highlight some of the upcoming events in the gaming community in the DFW area. I am Eric Brody and this morning we have a full room. I am joined by Rebecca Easton, David Farris, and Michael Sewell. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Actually, our <laughs> name has changed. The the contest is over. We now have a new name for the podcast. It is Downloadable Coffee. Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, yes. in Dallas. <laughs> so, so quick applause for that. Yay. Yay. Thank Congratulations, you Scott Mokes. Scott, Scott Mokes did. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that it was an overwhelming winner from what I remember seeing. Um, <laughs> like tend to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so what you will see on there was that it was, I think, just downloadable coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we all agreed adding the Dallas element was going to be really important um, mm-hmm. we, because that is kind of what we're wanting to highlight. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So um, what events happened last week? So. We had a uh, we had a beer club uh, last week or whatever we call it the yeah but that the, goes that goes into our discussion doesn't it well yeah I don't well, know but but, it, but it's, a, it's a it's a it's a one off thing that we, uh. we or well not one off anymore because we've <laughs> yeah. decided to start doing it on a monthly basis mm. but uh, I mean we had the coffee clubs of course we had um, our downtown beer club um, uh, D Stop had their show and play yep. Did anybody make it out to that one? I was not. I did not. But uh, DSOP also started a cartridge jam uh, Mm, this past past weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, They opened it up for art. Yeah, and so basically the idea is, it's a really cool idea actually, Um, but so what they do is they put out these like, uh, this call for cartridge art uh, for any kind of game that you want to create like a a funky cartridge for. uh, And then they're going to choose the best ideas and do a game jam around that idea huh. or around a couple Neat. ideas from that. Yeah. So, cool. so there's a bunch of people that are putting out like funky, like re- retro or just like goofy, like, so like the old Mega Man cartridge. Yeah, where totally. It's unclear what that game actually <laughs> yeah, is. exactly. And then like random stuff. Um, I saw, uh, like Justin Pierce put out one that was, uh, it was like, curling cats 1997 or something like that and it was it was it was great um but but so it's like just kind of goofy fun stuff um so it it looks really cool um but that that's something that started last week i think that if you're interested in doing it you can still uh be a part of it just put together some cool cartridge art um or follow dsop and then when they actually start the the jam itself uh it says submits or starts on april 9th so okay. Right cool. Yeah. Well, I think so the jam- yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah so. We need art submissions before the event starts on April 9th. Cool. So up until April 9th, it sounds like they're going to awesome. take art submissions. That's really cool. As a complete tangent, that reminds me of a YouTube channel that I found a while ago called I think is 98 D Make, where uh, it's this guy who just simply makes like trailers for games that are modern, but as if they came out in 1998, either obviously like for PS1 or N64. It's fantastic. That. It's done really well. Yeah. So, so if uh, you want inspiration for art for those, it's actually hmm. might be a good one. Okay. A bunch of short guys does have an event coming up. Cool. Um, it is Rita Street developing an animated comedy series. Hmm. So that might be interesting for some of our members that are really interested into in art and animation and yeah. things like that. Like probably cool cutscenes can come out of that. Just saying. Yeah. 
Uh, is that all that happened last week? Uh, uh, DSOP and... It sounds like we, we mixed last week and up. That's what up. I was about to say. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I would yeah. add that the drink up is this week. Uh, mm. uh, next week. No, no, no. Next week. Oh, you're right. It's the second yeah. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My bad. So yeah. all this week, though, uh, is startup yeah, week. Startup week. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go through uh, some of the gaming events if you guys want. Yeah, that yeah, would be wonderful, please. actually. So the gaming track, uh, it starts tomorrow, Tuesday, April 3rd um, at 1 p.m. Uh, the first event is called a Happy Marriage: Traditional Sports and Esports, um, and then at four, uh, there's an Indie Game Dev Studio Founders panel discussion, um, uh, and then and I think that those are both at uh, uh, Launchpad City. Um, mm. Yeah, for maybe. for those listeners of ours who aren't familiar with Startup Week, could you kind of? Give a brief overview. Yeah, totally. So, um, so basically, every year, um, there's it's at Node co-working. Uh, oh, it's at Node. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the esports one is at uh, oh, Launchpad okay. City. Keep talking. Um, but so basically, every year there is a week long celebration of the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, innovation in the Dallas area, um, startups. Um, and, and just like anybody that's interested in that kind of stuff. So I, I know people that have gotten uh, interested enough to kind of start their own startup after Startup Week. Uh, I've seen we uh, the last two or three years, I guess, um, I helped to run the gaming track, and so we showcased local indie devs, um, kind of got people to even realize that there was a game development community here in Dallas. Um, we, Eric and I spoke on those conferences. Yeah, exactly. it's yeah. Oaks. Yeah. yeah, so so yeah. we we had some we Did had some the... great panels and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, this year, uh, rather than having it all be downtown uh, and kind of forcing people to come downtown, uh, the tracks are actually spread out across the Dallas region, um, in kind of respective areas for each of the different uh, uh, categories, I guess. So the gaming track is mainly in Frisco and North Dallas at Launchpad City and Node Coworking, um, whereas um, there are a bunch of events downtown as well. So you don't have to branch out, I guess, if you want to go all to one region, but at least that way not everyone is forced to go downtown. Yeah. So um, so if you're interested, just go to DallasStartupWeek.com. Um, there's a whole schedule of events, and the pink events are the gaming track. So. So um, one thing that I noticed is that both Launchpad and Code No Working, uh, Code Node Co-working. Node Coworking, thank you, Node Coworking, uh, have like a large population of indie developers that work out of their spaces. Gaming related stuff, at least. Yeah, 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 that work out of their spaces. I don't know how much WeWork has in there, to be honest, but I do know that Launchpad and Code No Work. Code. Oh my god. Node, node. Coworking. Thank just, you. Just node. I'm just like <laughs> Node. It's, I just, it's Monday. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Node is definitely definitely one of the more known ones. Yeah, That's I, what I, Dallas Society of Play is out of Right, too. both of them have been actively trying to be a, like catering to um, the gaming community. Yeah. Because um, there are a few other co-working spaces in the area that have had game developers. Uh, I know that like uh, even um, the works out in McKinney uh, yep. has a pretty big game developer that's yeah, out totally. there actually. Uh, um, but those two are kind of the ones that have been actively like really seeking it. Yep. So it's... Uh, not a surprise, and I'm really happy to see that yeah, like, totally. they're both really doing that, yeah. especially for this. Um, so I guess the the only uh, the other three events that are kind of happening, uh, there's a One Million Cups uh, up here in Frisco. 
which is a gaming-focused one. Basically, that's uh, a couple companies uh, come and talk about what they're doing. Um, so is that going to be gaming-focused just this week because of Startup Week, or th- is it actually typically that? Um, I know that they have had some gaming companies in the past, okay, cool. um, but I know that this week especially it is gaming-focused nice. because it's part of the gaming track. Cool. Um, so uh, that's uh, at Launchpad City. Um, there's also um, another esports event Thursday, uh, and then Friday there's Creative Mornings Dallas, which is like, um, I guess, a networking group group. Uh, but it's 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 more just a bunch of creatives get together. There's usually a presenter or something like that talking about some aspect of create of the creative world. Um, I don't know exactly what their topic is this week, but that's a that's a really cool event that happens um, on a pretty regular basis. So. And David, what's the cost to go to any? It is all free. What? It's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't have to pay anything uh, for the events. Um, also, if you happen to look on the schedule for like happy hours or parties, um, those usually have either free food and or drink uh, or uh, like have very limited costs for drinks, but everything else is free. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, I would definitely check it out. Um, it's it's really fun. If you know me at all, I talk a lot about startups uh, so this is kind of a way for you to come find out what I'm actually talking about. Well, and I'm particularly excited to see what's happening with the gaming track this yeah, year. Yeah, because each too. year they've had it, but it's kind of grown more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that like there is, it, it's big enough that it's spread across two yeah. um, different like sites. Um, yeah, yeah. I know that there's been a few people who've been like kind of have become regulars that are a part of like either the coffee club or just like kind of the gaming community mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I first met at uh, startup events. Yeah, uh, you know, startup week events. Yeah. So. It's a really good. It's a really good thing. Um, cool. It seems like it's growing. It's cool. Awesome. So, uh, anything else that's happening this week? Probably not. I don't think so. Um, mm. You mentioned that next week is, of course, the uh, Dev Drink Up, um, and then you mentioned a bunch of short guys. Was that this week? Uh, no, that is April twenty first. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll it, put is, it, it is. Yeah, far it's way away. out okay. there. I, cool. I, I'm checking to see if D Stop has anything going on, but they post like. I know it's not this week though. Yeah, yeah so, I know yeah. they post kind of late on that stuff. So, yeah. so they they are going to be um, involved in a couple of the gaming tracks up here. Yeah. I, cool. Um, so you'll you'll be able to see some friendly faces that you should know. Awesome. So, uh, and then I know yeah. at the end of this week, I thought it was still a few weeks away. Uh, Pax East is at the end of this week. Yep. Um, so Ooh. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, I know I know a few local devs are going to be out there showcasing. Cool. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's cool. Uh, maybe maybe we'll even be able to have uh, some people come in and, and chat about what happened. Yeah, that'd be great. It's a it's a pretty incredible conference. Where's yeah. PAX at? Where, where's this one? Uh, this was in Boston. Boston. Yeah, yeah, Boston. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. I mean, PAX East got big enough that they changed the name of PAX Prime to PAX West because <laughs> it was yeah. no longer the biggest PAX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think like last year they had like thirty five thousand attendees crazy. or something. Yeah. It's like the biggest in. Like next to like it's the biggest gaming convention in like North America now. It's well, um, one of my goals is to make it to every PAX <laughs> one year. I've always yeah. wanted to do PAX Australia. It seems kind of like PAX South. It's kind of just a little bit of a a little bit smaller yeah. and kind of like a totally different vibe. And it seems really cool. Let's yeah. do it. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Co- we should. If you're just... buying the tickets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take we'll take a, a coffee club group. Uh, let's let's find a really good sponsor, guys. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of so. downloadable coffee in Australia. <laughs> 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 That's great. So, 
Cool. So I think that's probably it for upcoming stuff. Yeah, yep. news. Cool. 100%. So I guess let's get into the topics then. So uh, let's start with the beer club. Yeah. We had a lot of new, uh, we had a lot of show up. I was worried I was going to be the only person there because I was there for like the first 15, 20 minutes on my own. And like no, they were. they spread the tables out. Yeah. So I have a picture where I'm just like the only person sitting there just at this long table. Anyways, we had a, we had a couple people come out, uh, which was great. Uh, we... <laughs> And we had a particular topic that everybody got super excited on, which we also talked about it on Thursday. Yeah, totally. Um, so basically, I don't know if, if you guys saw, but uh, Fortnite Mobile came out. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody knew about that. Yeah, the, um, the trial one on iPhone, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the demographic <laughs> playing Fortnite Mobile is completely, well, is, is entirely... Uh, much more focused on the female demographic than it is on the male demographic. And, uh, like so much so that the memes that started like a month or two ago that were like, uh, you know, Hey babe, can't play tonight uh, or can't, you know, talk oh, or text or whatever. A, not, not I mean, it's, it's a, it's a dumb meme, but like there was this whole kind of idea in the zeitgeist, uh, that, you know, all of these boyfriends were not responding to texts from their girlfriends and wives and whatever because they were playing Fortnite. And now it's flipped that people on Twitter are complaining that their girlfriends aren't responding to them on text because they're playing Fortnite. Um, And so it's just kind of a funny thing. Um, But there was this whole discussion um, of, like, why is it uh, that the demographic has changed so much and, uh, like, how, uh, what can we kind of learn from that? And the big thing is, is that, the mobile phone, everyone has one. Um, there's, It's a free game, so you don't have to have a buy-in, um, and you don't have to have a console to be able to play it, which uh, for people that uh, have, uh, like, are, are poor or, or have less income to be able to buy consoles, um, it's an easy barrier to entry that's been removed. Uh, for a lot of women, uh, there is... It, at least in their mind, like that's what they were saying on Twitter and stuff, is that there is a, um, shoot, I can't think of the word, but there's uh, like there's a, a stigma against mm. them when, for, for owning a console or for going out and buying a console. That was my this, exact, this is what people were saying. That, that was my exact reaction. Yeah. Right? I'm looking at the Twitter feed. Well, of oh, yeah, exact, no, it's like, horrible. Nobody it's can disgusting. see this, but my when you said, uh, when uh, no, none of our listeners can see this, but when you said <laughs> a stigma of women buying consoles, like Michael, like, went, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's what my follow-up is going to be. Is exactly. where is what you're saying right now? Is this just what people are saying, so or this is, is there actually like this data? Is, that this is, like, is what the angry Twitter okay. users were braiding, and it was very like. We, I definitely don't want to get into Gamergate, but it it felt like a very similar reaction of this like. We are guys who've been playing games forever, and now, like, girls are fake gamers. And, it, and like, this whole discussion was happening. It and brought back out the gatekeeping. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, so the dumb. Um, yeah. And, and, but but the, the funny thing was, it was just, like, this, like, you know what? Like, like there were people that were saying, this makes me want to stop playing Fortnite. And it's like, cool, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, that's yeah. just fine. <laughs> um, but so it, it was just a really cool thing that now gamers who have not had the same access that most gamers have had in the past now have this very accessible but like top tier game to be able to play because the mobile market has been filled with these kind of simple uh you know or or money grabbing games 
Uh, and now Fortnite is this this shooter that is like a high performance, high skill level game uh, that people are able to play without having to buy a console. So, well, and it's something that's been happening across the world totally. for a long time. Yeah. I mean, premium games in Asia on the mobile market yeah. have been, I mean, big enough now that like there has been, China has launched like a second uh, franchise-based league that is based around a game called Arena of Valor. Yep. That is an entirely mobile, mo- like MOBA. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's just, like I thought that it, I figured, always figured it was inevitable that yeah. like eventually that would come over here because there is a market, like the idea that there's not a market in the U.S. for mobile games is just silly. Yeah, like, no, totally. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There are computers that we carry with us everywhere. Just give us the games and we will play them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I want to double back real quick on one of the things you said, like how girls uh, were complaining about guys not paying attention to them because they were in it. I w- no, 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 hold on. Yeah, let me finish. Still a bad meme. Let, yeah. let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> yeah. There was one, one that came out. Um, I can't for- remember where I saw it. And the girl broke the Call of Duty CD and was like, he's not going to ignore me now. And oh, I was like, destroy your games. <laughs> yeah, destroy your games. You're not going to ignore me now. You're mine. Kind of thing. And it was like, and that's how she was single after. That's it's called like, abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, mm. like that was just, <laughs> so. but I just want to, like, yeah. that was one of the most noticeable yeah. ones well, that and, I ever. And so the, this whole discussion came up because mm-hmm. uh, Scott Mokes, who, thanks for the name, Scott. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, texted me this this link because his wife is like a Fortnite fanatic right mm. and so of course like reading the twitter feed in there um you know and and she's very much uh, a passionate supporter of women and and women doing amazing things and so she's like you know this pisses me off mm-hmm. uh, which it pissed me off and and that's why <laughs> michael got that face as well because he was reading the twitter feed of just angry yeah, just, i've got a couple guys. quotes i want to um, i want to point out here please uh <clears throat> like all the girls who downloaded Fortnite mobile did it to fit in or all you girls playing Fortnite on mobile just trying to chase the clout but it's not working it's it's yeah, it's, 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 and then there's one here that's like Fortnite on mobile isn't the best but when your computer sucks and your brother moves out with his console yep. what else can a desperate girl do that was exactly. where that that like, was bringing in the um it doesn't matter who stigma. you are if you're playing games you're playing games it's yeah, all yeah. That matters there right. so i i guess as to the other side of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, has there been any, like, was there any good data that has been found on, like, why the demographic change has been that much? Because, like, because I guess that what I'd be interested in is maybe something I didn't realize is, um, are there really truly, is there that big of a, like, um, variance between male and female PC owners or is there that really that big of a difference between male and female console owners like is that the reason for the demographic shift like what what is it that, that like seems to be the shift? most common reason uh like even if uh even if they do have a console or pc oftentimes it seems like the male counterparts in the household might be taking up use of those of those so you yeah. know everybody's got a phone right well i'm just really interested in that like that feels yeah, like that's yeah. kind of a misconception that data actually might disprove is oh, that there are enough. more men that own consoles like i could be wrong but that feels like it's that well, i'm, I'm well, not that, suggesting that yeah, one yeah, yeah. owns like males own it more i just meant like how if you're if you're living uh if you're living you know in a in a multi-gendered household or scenario mm. uh how likely is it that you're going to have multiple consoles yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not very common at all. Yeah. Um, it's in, it's usually the, I, I mean, 
female household mostly. But like some of the households that I went that had my guy friends, even if there was another girl, like she couldn't play that console unless her brother left for the day. Yeah. Like that that was the true thing. Um, and we mentioned this before a couple times on the podcast and a couple times in the club. Um, like the where shoot, like where the marketing data sometimes sits is that it shows male are the dominant in the marketing data, right? Even though we know yeah. for a fact that that's not that's actually not true. true. Yeah, yeah, that's not actually true. We quote all the time yeah. what the huge I demographic just need to come is. Up with just like a, a shortened <laughs> version of that argument. It yeah. is. Yeah, we just need to. But it's it's one of those things, and um, where the loudest voices are the guys, and even when a woman does speak up, she's immediately told, "No, no, no, you can't, you can't say any of this because yeah. you don't understand it." Yeah, it's, even it's though awesome. like she, she could be like the baddest mother. Oh, excuse me. The baddest See what you person got in the yeah. There's a, there's an audio bite for you to cover that. <laughs> she even though she's like the baddest player, like the the most awesome the, player, the, the best player. Yeah, thank you. The most awesome player in the group. She'd still be considered not. So I, you know, I just kind of want to write off people with that attitude as gatekeeping <laughs> incels and move on. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Next topic. <laughs> um. So I'm trying to think of. What else we talked about that night? Well, we could Honestly, lead into one of the conversations we had on the Friday meeting because it kind of relates to the Fortnite. I mean, this was the same thing we talked about on Thursday anyways. And yeah. the, we had the same conversation there that we did on Tuesday. Uh, most of uh, after that, car, like most of that was just dominated by what we were playing and what we were interested yeah, in. We, we did also then end up talking um, about uh, like diversity in games uh-huh. and diversity in the leadership roles uh for those creating games and and creating entertainment in general uh we we kind of got into a a discussion about uh like iron fist and and marvel and and the the popularity and success of black panther and a few other things like that Mm -hmm. um but kind of relating that back to games um you know just the 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 trope uh that is the white male protagonist in so many games and in, in so many uh, storylines when the ethnicity or the race of a person doesn't really impact the story at all. Um, and so we were discussing just kind of uh, how that comes about, how people uh, even, uh, like, how, how you get around that and how you skirt around that and, and thinking about um, the stories that you're telling, and this is something that Rebecca, you could definitely talk to from the writing perspective, oh, yeah. or from the the creation of a story. But uh, it doesn't always have to be the same story that we've told over and over again. Um, and sometimes going outside of that can actually be uh, very beneficial to your game or to the story that you're trying to tell. So hold up, gives you a separate aspect. Speaking on diversity, there yeah. is we talked about this last week too. Yeah, you know I was mean? trying to remember. Was it last week? Or yeah, it was yeah. last week. And uh, you had, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk on this because what you mentioned was very, and I mentioned it at the at the Tuesday thing. It's actually really eye opening for me because I didn't think about it. Just the hair in games and yeah. how it can actually actually cut off part huge parts of the diversity yeah. wheel. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's something that I've always felt, and there was actually uh, an article on Kotaku years ago um, that actually talked about this as well. And so it's like, hey, cool, I'm not the only one that ever felt this. Um, and so, like, just if we look at diversity and or lack thereof or 
doing it incorrectly in games is to just look at character creators. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've always felt is, other than my lack of artistic skill, um, <laughs> I've always had a really difficult time being able to actually create a character in most character customizers that actually looks like me. Yeah. Um, through a lot of the years, it's either been I haven't really been able to find the right skin tone because, like, mixed individuals, it's really hard. They, totally. it's, it's as if those people don't exist, Dude, right? Yeah. And so, like, for me, yeah, David, you probably feel this as oh well. Oh, my God, all Because we, we have about the same color skin tone. Yeah. 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 Um, what I've always had to do is come up with, uh, and we've talked about that before, yeah. Yeah. Um, is, like, if I go to a certain level, it's either I got to be black or I am, like, somewhere in, like, Native American with, yeah. like, a little bit more of, like, a reddish yeah. tone or something like that. And so there's that element. But then even beyond that, when it comes to hair, um, of which typically, especially through most of the years, it's been slowly getting better. Um, some of the options that they give you for the quote unquote, I mean, really just for curly hair at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for the quote unquote black hair, um, it's either, um, bald, yeah. uh, a fade or a buzz cut yeah. or big Afro. Yep. And then yeah. sometimes maybe they add like cornrows or dreadlocks yeah. or something like that. And it's like, there are. And really just simply for, for like half of the world, not just black people, like there are a lot of people with curly hair. I mean, so at that point, and there's so many different styles that you can have with people with curly yeah. hair that just are not represented. We have all of the like dozens of options of Caucasian hair of what you can do and all of the even dozens of options of like what like kind of Asian hair can yeah. do. And then we have three options for curly yeah. hair. And so like Greeks and Italians are even thrown under the, like yeah. nobody has an option yeah. for that. Um, and that's always just been an element that I found another caveat to the diversity discussion yeah. is even when we're just simply talking about just the cast of characters in story driven games, not even really looking at just simply character customizers yeah. and like the point that allows you to quote unquote, put yourself in the game a lot of times ends up being a blocker for somebody yeah. to actually be able to even create something that they would identify with. Yeah. Like I feel like, um, so many games give you this like hero power trip, whatever. Um, but, uh, and, and so for me, like I honestly often default to a black male with an Afro because yeah. to me, like I, but, but again, I struggle with that. Like I don't identify on either side. Now, since yeah. I moved to Texas, everyone sees me as a white male, which <laughs> is fine. Like I totally understand that. But living in Wisconsin, I was always like, Hey, you're something other than uh, than than what's than what's normal to the rest of us. Um, and so, it's always like my screen name for a long time was Mr. Africa, um, mm. because that's what people called me in middle school. Because I had gone to Africa and my dad was African, and there was this like it sounds really racist, but it was like a term of endearment, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. But but that whole that whole idea of like there are games that are made to like have you feel like you are the person playing the game and you are the person that is like going on this like power trip or like getting whatever, telling your own story. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I've ever felt like I personally was playing a game. It instead felt like I was playing through an avatar that was like this cool muscular dude yeah. or whatever. Um, and yeah, because I've never had that, that common connection yeah. um but i think that like so this is where like the whole idea of games and entertainment and like these connecting worlds and all of that kind of stuff like how cool would it have been if there had been a black panther game that came out with 
the movie or some sort of tie-in or something like that. And I know that this is very much so just on the the black side of it. Um, but like, think if they had made that and then they had said, you know what, like there is a problem with Black Heron games. We're going to release our like character assets for free or like whatever as a way for there to be more inclusivity within games like that like for a company that has or for an entire organization that like if they had made that game i feel like that could have been a really cool marketing tie-in or a really cool like good press thing to go along with all of the popularity that was out there and i feel like that's something there, there are all of these that's that's another issue is there's all of these free assets out there but they're all kind of the basic stock assets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to, like, even if there are games that have done a good job, uh, like you posted an article a little while ago that was about black hair. Oh, um, no, that was Anwar. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. That was about Valley of the Gods, yeah. uh, a yeah. game by uh, Camposanto that they're working on right now. Well, and that's kind of how Rebecca and I first started talking about this yeah. is because, like, hair and, like, Curly hair and black hair is just a thing that, for some reason, games have just never really tackled and tried to do correctly. Well, what's interesting is uh, I was talking with the lead animator over at Campus Santo while I was at GDC, uh, James Benson. Yeah. Uh, Really great guy. Yeah. From everything I've ever heard from him. Yeah. He's done a number of things. But we were talking about that article, uh, exactly that article, and he's like, it's weird to us that they put that article out because that was not our goal we just wanted it to look good yeah we weren't mm-hmm. worried about making the most realistic black hair or whatever they just wanted it to look good right mm-hmm. well and that's totally the, the way that it should happen yeah. is just like they're just wanting to do a good job and that's and i think that's all that we're asking for yeah. is just yeah. like if you're going to have a first of all if it otherwise does not make sense to have a homogenous group Go ahead and make it diverse. And then yeah. if you're going to make a diverse cast of characters, try to do it right. Yeah. And then by doing it right, the reason it becomes a story is because nobody's tried to do it right. right. And so, like, um, somebody has to be the trendsetter at some point. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Just going to say, if you want to hear more about our opinion on <laughs> on doing stories with diversity yeah. and a cast of characters, a diverse cast of characters, go back to our last podcast yep. that's where eric and i talked about and we went a little we talk, too long yeah we, we, we talked story and like <laughs> yeah. kind of uh the importance of if you are doing diverse casts um to do your homework on it yeah. um mm-hmm. and things like that cool. yeah, yeah 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 you were gonna bring up a topic uh oh kind I, of I just kind of wanted to this. well not necessarily related related to the diversity um but the the last topic about that was essentially about gatekeeping yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, on friday we were talking about ready player one yep which, if you've read the book, is essentially about who can gatekeep harder. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> uh, which is interesting to me. And the movie just came out last week. Uh, I think I think uh, it's it's a fun series. The the book is is just a fun adventure. Yeah. Uh, that's filled with nostalgia and, in my opinion, really rough writing. But uh, but the movie does some things a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, and so that's actually man. Okay. So so that's that's another really interesting talk. Do we need Before to put a spoiler this, alert on yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We don't know yet. Uh, have you guys seen it? I don't care. I have not, and I do not. Care. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Good. Spoilers I don't, don't bother. I I promise that I will. Uh, spoiler alert. When I talk about it, especially since I'm somebody who's very cool. spoiler. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's totally fine. I typically, I care about spoilers of things I yeah. know I'm going to see or so, I really care about. Yeah. I'd rather have this conversation. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, so basically, um, like, 
one, there's this whole like it's it's very nostalgia driven uh, storytelling and very like topical reference driven storytelling. Um, but uh, yeah, um, but I think that when it comes to uh, the diversity in gaming or diversity in entertainment or diversity in storytelling, uh, there is one thing that is very interesting and it's, it's not included within the movie really, or it's not as big of a deal in the movie as it was in the book. Oh, H. Um, uh, well, so yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler, uh, spoiler alert. We'll, we'll cut that a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, so basically with the spoiler alert given, uh, we'll give it, uh, I don't know, a minute, I guess. And then if we go longer, that's fine. Um, We'll tell you when the spoiler alert's going to happen with a cut. But, so basically, yeah, there's this character that uh, is, like, the best friend of the main character in the book. Um, And as you go through the book or whatever, like, this character, like, they both are these, like, white dudes, uh, white avatars, whatever. uh, And, like, the best friend is this, like kind of like normal looking white guy, whatever. And then you find out towards the end of the book that it's actually been this black woman the entire time. Uh, But as a way to try and fit in and as a way to like not deal with the harassment that comes with being not only a woman, but also the disadvantages you get being an overtly black person. Um, And so it's this thing that was like a really interesting topic within the book that again, didn't really get as much time as it needed to get, mm-hmm. um, but was still this thing that was brought up. And when the main character finds out about it in the book, it's like, oh my gosh, like what? Like I, I didn't even realize. And like now, like I'm, I'm challenging everything that I knew about my best friend for a long time. And it's this like thing that brings up an actual discussion point. That's good in the movie. They, did not have them play as a normal white character. They instead had them play as this orc avatar. And so it was like but already still male. still male. So there was, there was still this like male to female thing, but it, it no longer was this like, Oh, you're just this like normal person uh, that like, because, because part of the thing as well is that everybody kind of like creates this avatar that looks like them and whatever. And so like, the connection point. And so it just kind of gets passed over in the movie and it's not that big of a deal. And like, I feel like this movie as, <laughs> as shoddy as the original material, like was in some places, like the writing was not the best. And like the storytelling wasn't the best, but like there were a lot of opportunities for them to do some really interesting things with this idea of like, uh, uh, living in a virtual world and like, representation and that kind of stuff. And instead it was like, well, it's a blockbuster. And then they washed over some of the things that already were included. Well, I mean, they had to to condense a lot of things, which they did, but, uh, they did still have that moment of like, Whoa, I did not expect you to be the person behind this character, but they changed who had that experience. Yeah. They changed it from the male lead to the female lead. Uh, finding out that H was a black woman the whole time and being like, what? Um, which is, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. Really, my my biggest problem with the book was that the supporting cast was kind of just that, yep. just supporting. Didn't really grow or experience much beyond. Well, H was was still pretty good in the book. Um, yeah, but I the think movie, that she was they, one of the best parts. Of it. Yeah, uh, in a lot, and I think this is the most positive thing about the movie. 
in the in the book, the female lead is kind of treated like a trophy. Yep. By the end, and it's really unfortunate. It's still a cool character otherwise, but eh. in the book, they uh, they really fleshed out. I feel that the supporting cast and the female lead. The movie. Uh, yeah, in the movie, uh, a lot a lot more. Um, <clears throat> Artemis, the female lead, is a much stronger character yep. in the movie. I think throughout than in the book. Uh, and some of the things that originally it was like uh, the main character's big heist move and all these stuff, they just completely rewrite it so that she's cool. the one pulling off these awesome heist moves and I stuff like that. like that, rather than just the, the ma- white male doing all of the cool stuff. I feel like a lot of that might be in. I haven't seen. It. Let me let me put this up there. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I can't read the book because it's first person. I absolutely hate first person. Uh, <laughs> 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 I absolutely hate first person books. Um, also, I'm really tired of seeing male characters that are just the the catch-all. Yeah, and yeah. that is why I think they went the way that they did, because they, too, are tired of seeing a male character be the catch-all of all the great glory, right? So I applaud them for that. Again, I haven't seen it. I don't know entirely. But I think that might be the reason why they probably went the other route, just because it needed to be different from every other action film that's out there. Uh, so that's that's my little two cents no, I, on I that. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think they recognized that just the typical white male power fantasy that was the book isn't going to do well in this current market. Isn't correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the person that wrote the book also like that was the first time he'd ever written a book? That was the first novel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was the first time he'd ever written the book. He was also white and he was super into video games. So I mean, so like like. Th- and that's pretty common with, yeah. with first writers, especially ones that kind of blow up like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we saw the same thing with the Hunger Games and yeah. that like that was Katniss is very much a Mary Sue. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like that was just, you know, when Suzanne Collins writes another book, like she'll be better. Yeah. Um, actually, I said that she's totally been a long time writer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say yeah. she's been writing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even. Uh, OK, I don't want to think we're yeah. getting too far. But yeah. Please. Yeah. So what I was going to say is I think that we can end the spoiler section. So I don't know exactly how long that was. Um, that was about eight minutes. <laughs> do, you, do you know when it started? 14. 14. We're 21. Oh, OK. So. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was. Here's the spoiler warning for that when we cut this. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, Ready Player One for the next like eight minutes or so. We'll uh, we'll try and put a little flag in the show notes so that you can see the exact time. Um, but just so you know, uh, try and skip ahead like eight minutes if you don't want to hear spoilers for Ready Player One. So uh, yeah, so uh, I think that we've talked a lot about diversity and inclusion in games and entertainment and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the other topic that we talked about on Thursday and kind of bled into Frisco on Friday as well uh, was uh, Flash games and basically the history of Flash games and how we are uh, quickly losing uh, Flash games and the ability to play Flash games because mm-hmm. browser support and mobile support and all that kind of stuff is being taken out. Um, and so there are some games that their creators have the time and the money to actually spend transitioning them over into either HTML5 or into some Unity build or Unreal or whatever. Um, And there was a really interesting article on Itch uh, that was basically talking about uh, the death of Flash games and, like, 
what needs to be done to save them. Um, I mean, just the general preservation of games. Yeah. Oh, at all, you know, like we we talked about we talked about it. Yeah. The last the week before well, last too, not on the podcast but at the club, and you brought it back up, which is why all of them were like, "Oh yeah, no, here's all the yeah. more information." You need well, to know. and the the thing that I think was really interesting about this this topic specifically about Flash is mm-hmm. that like Flash was one of the first times that game creation and indie game development was like possible. And so there are a lot of games out there that like, of course, we grew up playing in school on computers when we weren't supposed to be playing games uh, on Newgrounds, on Congregate, Mm -hmm. wherever it was. Right. Um, And so not only does it have like a nostalgic feel for us, um, but also a lot of like our like favorite indie game developers started with flash games. Um, And so it's just it's a it's a really, really interesting uh, topic. Ego Raptor, um, your favorite game. Well, game. I, I was going to say, I mean, Newgrounds specifically, games. like, was yeah. like kind of the the birth, like, like, like the place that a lot of just kind of a whole generation of content totally. creators for online came from. From yep. people like game developers like the Behemoth, yep. who mm-hmm. did uh, like Castle Crashers, yep. um, to Alien animators Hominid, as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Alien yeah. Hominid. Yeah, um, you know, there was an awesome uh, like episode of Game Grumps a few yep. years ago where Aaron and Ross just simply talked about like what Newgrounds did for the two of them. Yeah. And if you look at like kind of their circle of friends of all who of which are big game dev- like like big uh, animators yep. um, online and like have moved on and actually have like TV shows on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon stuff started because of the community there. Um, and so yeah and, and a big thing with Flash is we can talk about like the big superstars but there's a lot of Flash games that they are not superstars yeah. who who are probably not making games anymore, yeah. and those are games and projects that will be lost. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Um, and so, basically, like uh, earlier this month, uh, I fell in love with the Majesty of Colors, or the Majesty of Colors is what it was called. Uh, just did a re-release, and that was a game that started off as a Flash game. Uh, you play as this monster uh, in like. I don't know if it's a lake or water. Like, you kind of look like you're, like, the Loch Ness Monster or something like that, but you, like, it's it's a story told from that perspective. And it's, it's one of the, like, first games as art type of, like, examples in the Flash, like, talking about Flash and talking about games as art. And so it's just, the, the interesting thing is this whole idea of preservation, right? But Flash games are really hard to transition out, right? Like, you... Uh, they were so easy to make and the tools that were there were so visually inspired and stuff like that, um, that transitioning them into a traditional game engine is so much more difficult now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there really is a solution, right? That's the thing that also sucks. Is I mean, like, without like some third party yeah, contained somebody flash else stepping solution. In, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. the core issue is that code bases have moved beyond yeah. flash and SWF players uh, because those, those are very inefficient on the web, right? Uh, they're very slow to load. And they, insecure. They, yeah, and insecure. That's a big one, too. So question is, what platform could there be to either start bringing these games to a newer format, like good old games or GOG or something like that, or some third-party application that lets you download these games and then use them on your desktop? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because that's future that, generation. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean... I, that's some of my 
my childhood. Like a good yeah. chunk of my life was playing those games yep. and watching yeah. those videos. And See? So, you know, thinking about not ever being able to find them again, which right. last time I went to look for one, I wasn't able to find yeah. that specific one. So, I don't even know how I'd play it I anymore. Know. Like, I I guess, yeah. No, I guess that I could run. But even, like, our browsers now are disabling Flash right. and not allowing... Like, Chrome yeah. doesn't allow you to use Flash unless you go through, like, a bunch of steps to try and enable it. Um, and it's one of the later versions of Flash. It's not the old versions of Flash that a lot of these were made for. So Adobe Shockwave was a Flash yeah. as well, totally. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would try yeah. to do a do- uh, yeah, install Shockwave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. SWF. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. There you right. go. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Um, so that was that was the other main topic. I'd be interested to know, actually, kind of what speaking t- of it to wrap that up, like, yeah. um, uh, Cartoon Network. Um, oh yeah. Like that. I that was actually where I played a lot of my games when I was a kid. Was on their, just their website. Um, I'd be interested to know, as like maybe a follow up. I'll maybe kind of research this if they are if they did anything in-house because like they still make games and put them on their website yeah so if their internal development team in-house did anything to save some of like their really old yeah totally. games maybe do you remember yeah. that samurai jack <laughs> sure that was a great game yeah yeah there was about a five-year period that like i played every single yeah. game that was yeah. on that website yeah. i remember the edna nitty uh it was it was like the the trade quest <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. i love those <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> no i just played consoles Really? I, yeah, I just played on consoles. I didn't actually do. I didn't. I didn't get into PC. Did gaming. you have friends that played in school while you were growing up? No. No. Not even like Monkey Balloon Pop. I'm a military brat. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I can't imagine you. I mean, we fly, We tried. Like I tried to get into online games and things like that. But again, going back to the the gating thing, there are times where I get on there and like immediately, if anybody found out I was a lady, yep. it was the game over kind of yeah. thing. I mean, a lot of those weren't multiplayer. It was just single player. Yeah, yeah. I played, um, I tried to do a little bit of like Gaia, Gaia, Gaia online. Oh, yeah, sure. Gaia yeah. online, yeah. Yeah, Neopets. I tried. I played like the really, yeah. really silly ones. I did try to play some of like the Cartoon Network things and Newgrounds and stuff yeah. like that, but I just didn't get into the, into the PC gaming as much. I just, I remember playing Motherload that game where you were yeah. like the digger and I remember like our entire class playing one time when we were like in the computer lab or whatever and the teacher had walked out or left for a while so like everybody in the class was like playing for the high score and it was just like a great yeah great, back in high school time. one of my friends installed uh, the original Quake on really on like the core drive so anybody if they knew where the location that's was could that's from awesome. any computer in the school go play it Nice, but but that's also but, yeah. so like that's a really interesting thing is that not only the game developers, but like I have a lot of friends who like got into IT and like their entire career spawned from them trying to figure out how to play games on school PCs. <laughs> and so yeah. like like I just like that's it's funny. it's so fascinating to me that like or like web developers. I know so many web developers that created websites just so they had a portal to play these games once people figured out, like, oh, you can't play on Newgrounds because Newgrounds is now banned. Yeah. Guess what? We have a new website we can go to. And so just, like, the the ingenuity that came out of that and, like, uh, I know kids will be kids and kids will figure out ways to kind of do what they want to do, but mm. it's just, like, it's it's really interesting, the, the history that we have tied into that and to have that just, like, be lost because we don't, we don't have any inexpensive way to fix those games. Yeah. I think 
for me, the uh, the biggest reason that I even got into any of those was that I just didn't have money, mm-hmm. and so I couldn't afford a lot yeah. of games that I wanted to play. So Newgrounds or other online websites like that were the only avenue I had for a while to, to yep. play new games and, and check out new content like that. And we have a full circle back to Fortnite on mobile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was was there a, any other stuff that we talked about on Friday? I'm well, there was a really big topic that we talked there about. There was, Friday. yeah. We talked about the unionization thing. Yep. Yep. The oh, we talked about that, that last GDC week, yeah. And, and just in general, unionization in games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a huge topic. I don't know if we have time to get into that. Well, we did talk about it last time, me and Eric. Okay. We did, we went over it a little bit. Yeah. Um, there were some... It, it was nice because there were... I was able to get other people's opinions on it. Yeah. Because, like, I was really non-committal on, on kind of, like, my feeling on, on all of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I said no. You don't want unionization again? What's your reasoning? Uh, it's more because I don't know how it would work out so well with uh, with some of the things that goes on in game development. Not, I, I understand what they're trying to do, and I, I applaud them for that. But things like, uh, like what's the barrier for entry kind of thing? Um, is it really going to benefit yeah, indie developers? Right. It's, not, it's not, because yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to have so much in order to even be in a union yeah. that they're not going to be able to afford it. And then after that, you have to look at the game, even if it's triple A, you still have to look at them and say, well, they have to maintain a certain amount of revenue coming in continuously in order to keep those jobs. And if they can't, well, then what's this supposed to do? Is the union going to come up with that money so those people can still yeah. have their jobs? That's why I don't agree with it. Yeah, I think ultimately the talk came down to, like, unionization, the intent is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it comes down to balancing... All of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like my big concern with unions is, is always the you know somebody who gets who has seniority gets to work that day. Yeah. And somebody else who's younger doesn't I, get the experience. I that worked day, at you know? UPS. That was the thing. If you yeah. if even if you needed the money, the if the senior said um, no, I'm going to work, they would send you home. And especially if you weren't a part of the union too, yeah. you were the you were definitely the first one sent home. Right, so that's why I've had experiences with some union, and I'm just like I'm not a huge fan of it. And just because my sister has a hard time just getting into actor unions, right? Like yeah. it's it, I get it, I understand, I applaud them for what they're doing. I do. I don't think the game industry is one that needs a union. I just, I, just I, I think that there needs to be some check uh, for companies that abuse their employees mm-hmm. when it when it comes to hiring practices or to uh just kind of the like uh like the the easy like flip-flop turnaround that kind of stuff but again from the perspective of like a, a game studio that's building a game like if if it's not successful if if they don't have the mm-hmm. resources for whatever like what is a union going to be able to do there? And so I, I don't think that unions are the, uh, the answer solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's interesting how the, these perspectives are very different from a lot of the people that I talked with about this at GDC. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the people I talked with about it are very experienced industry vets who've been in the industry for like 15, yeah. 25 years. And they're, they seem to be more for it because they've gone through those really rough periods of development where they were essentially exploited by their yep, companies exactly uh so again there's there's some some balance to find there where we find you know find mandatory good business practices that that are you know human focused human centric 
but also don't hinder people from doing their job yeah. at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I think we are... Uh, oh, it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. Yes. It's time to go. So, um, I think that, I mean, of course, we want to mention that uh, we have the coffee clubs on Thursday in... Uh, well, let's Plano, give our shout-outs first. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Okay. But, um, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> So first off, uh, I think that we want to really thank Nerdvana for giving us the space to uh, host this podcast and record this podcast. Uh, We also want to give a huge shout-out. We haven't actually given a shout-out yet uh, to Trey Hodge, uh, who's been helping us to edit these podcasts. Uh, Trey is a a sound designer and musician uh, who creates some really great video game music as well as does a lot of sound editing. Um, And he has a website called TreyMixes.com where he talks about audio mixing and audio engineering. So uh, if you're interested in that uh, or if you want to learn about how uh, he edits these podcasts and things like that, he actually has an episode that he just put out uh, editing episode like six or seven for us. Uh, So definitely uh, just wanted to give him a huge shout out if you could like and subscribe and all that good (laughs) stuff. Uh, It would be really good for him because he's he's a he's an indie guy uh, and does a lot of work just trying to help us out. So mm-hmm. um, we also want to thank uh, Something Simple Services uh, for helping to sponsor the the naming contest as well as just helping to sponsor the podcast. Um, it's it's because of them running this contest uh, that we now have a new name. Uh, so uh, thanks thanks again for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else that I've missed? Uh, the gentleman who made the submission. Oh, oh, Scott Mokes. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Scott Mokes for submitting. It, there were a lot of good names. There were probably like 15 in total. Do you, yeah. do you remember like the top five? So we can give those guys shout outs too? Uh, do I remember? No, I don't. Or can <laughs> I don't, we pull it up real quick? I don't, I don't remember who it was exactly because um, there, there were several people. There were names that just kind of missed the mark because they were too long, which I was like, guys, we're trying Defeats to. Yeah, like like I, I should have put the rules a it little bit more. It doesn't fit in the RSS feed. Yeah, yeah. please. Like, that, that was the thing. It's, okay. it, it's going to take me too long to pull that. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, uh, we'll make sure to have that up next time. So we'll, we'll uh, give a shout out to the runners up Yeah. Uh, next Monday. Yeah, for sure. So shout out to Scott Mokes. He's yeah. the winner. Uh, Congratulations, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, and that that means that he gets a fifty dollars gift card. He's decided to donate that back to the club. Actually, yay. wow, yay! So we'll have to figure out something cool to do. I was thinking, yeah. we don't deserve. So, so yeah, so to everybody, uh, thanks Scott for yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. for for sending that back into the club. Because yeah, we'll we'll try to do something cool with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, as always, if you guys are looking to join in the conversation, please follow us or check out our Facebook group. Also, make sure to stop in at the Discord. If you don't have a link to our Discord, just shout out in the Facebook group. I don't have access, and we'll send you a link. Uh, it, if you want to make sure that we discuss what, what you are thinking of, it, you come across an interesting article or anything like that, please drop it in the Facebook group or the Discord in Gaming News. That's where we use all of our show notes for the podcast. Anything else? I don't think so. I think that's probably everything. So thank you so much for listening. If you could, uh, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, but you've never actually made it out to one of the coffee clubs, uh, we love to see you um, and hear and hear your voice. Uh, (laughs) Those coffee clubs are in Plano on Thursdays uh, Mm -hmm. at the... 
City is line, the gateway Whole city line. City I always want to say Food. gateway for some reason. Uh, city the line, city line Whole Foods off at, of Runner 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 yes, Road. Yeah, um, and then of course here at Nerdvana in Frisco on Fridays. Both of those are at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. So hope to see you there. And until next time, I am Eric Brody. You can hit me up on Twitter at Eric Brody. I'm Rebecca Easton. You can hit me up at my dyslexic world, and dyslexic is spelled wrong as D E S. I'm David Forrest. You can hit me up on pretty much any social media platform <laughs> at David S. Faris. Uh, yeah. And I'm Michael Sewell. You can hit me up on Twitter at Sewell Softworks. And that was the downloadable coffee. Yeah. Downloadable Dallas. coffee now, club. Now yeah. downloadable on uh, all major platforms. Oh, yeah. Awesome. We're, ooh, we're uh, finally right, on Google yeah. Play. So, so download some coffee. We're about to listen to <laughs> us Thanks, while, we're, while I'm hiking. <laughs> all right. All right. See Thanks, you guys. Later.